Welcome back, everyone, to Arsenal Pass Time in the Round, episode 29. Today, we're joined by one of the most recognizable faces in flesh and blood content creation, someone who actually recently reached over 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, a channel that is not only dedicated to flesh and blood, but many other TCGs as well. You might recognize him from the North American calling coverage as one of the casters alongside Tan and Grace and Dam Armada. It's Red Zone Rogue, a.k.a. Kellen Charles, I almost said Keelan, we literally <laughs> just talked about it. <laughs> but anyway, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. I am good. Thank you for the uh, rob- robust intro. Um, how are you gentlemen doing today? Very good. Very good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> my, head's a bit, my head's a bit cold, but um, other than that, I'm doing well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome to have you on, Cal. Um, you know, in terms of like content creation, you're kind of like one of the, the first content creators of Flesh and Blood, right? Like you were, you were in there early. Uh, you've been making a lot of content. Obviously, a lot of people, as Brendan said, have seen you throughout the calling season. Uh, I know you, I think you, you played in the last calling, right? Like you, you casted the first three and then you actually played in the last calling. <laughs> So uh, I did both, uh, right. and by the way, the guys in the guys in coverage called that LSV privilege. They said I had LSV privilege because I was able to play in, scrub out, and then do then do casting, and um, which was great. It, it was actually funny. I uh, I went and just said hi to all the guys on the coverage team, and they were like, they pulled me aside and they were like, "Hey, don't take this the wrong way, but if you scrub out, you want to come do coverage." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do." <laughs> and so I, I went like uh, I, I started off strong. I went like what three three two one drop. So I was like, yeah, let's do let's do coverage for day two, yeah, which is awesome because I got to do uh, the finals for nationals, which was amazing. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you you kind of uh, stepped in for Tannen, who was having a bit of a tough weekend, right, on the old voice box. Oh yeah, his voice was completely wrecked. Yeah. Like he sounded like a raspy raspy old man for, for most of it. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Finally, sounds the way he looks. Right? <laughs> so, let's talk about, um, you know, your channel is pretty interesting, right? There's a lot of fab kind of native channels that have popped up, obviously, with the creation and growth of Flesh and Blood, but that is not necessarily your origin story. So, you started a yeah. bit before Flesh and Blood, from what I understand. I actually remember, I think I watched probably your videos on Force of Will, but how would you describe um, the Red Zone Rogue YouTube channel? Um, basically, that, that's actually a harder question than it sounds like. Um, I basically talk about whatever card games that I'm passionate about. But that's basically what it boils down to. Flesh and Blood is my favorite card game. And so that's why it gets so much uh, airtime. I, I love Flesh and Blood. I think it's personally, I think it's the best card game out there right now in terms of many, many different things. I love the, the love the lore, I love the art. I love the, the gameplay. I love the company behind it. Um, but really any game that I, that I like that I'm passionate about, um, is uh, fair to talk about on my channel. And that includes old dead card games. It includes current card games. Um, yeah. And and basically, you, you were totally right. I, I did start out as a, as a Force of Will channel. And that was mostly just because I saw an opening. Like, there wasn't a lot of other Force of Will channels. I liked the gameplay. Um, and I didn't want to be another Magic channel. Um, I wanted to do something different. And I was kind of getting down on Force of Will. And so when... Um, Flesh and Blood came along, it was like the perfect thing that I was looking for, right? It kind of like rejuvenated my my interest for content creation and, and my passion for this kind of stuff. So um, I, I owe a lot to Force, or owe a lot to Flesh and Blood actually, but uh, I guess that's the the long and short of it. So I'll follow it up with two questions. How did you, in regards to TCGs, how did you get your start? And then ultimately, how did you make, I wouldn't say make the transition because that's not the only thing you do know, but how did you, how did you find Flesh and Blood and kind of fall in love with it? 
Yeah, uh, I'll try to make this quick because this is like a lifelong story. I've been playing card games for almost my entire life. I started with Magic in 1995. I started with Fourth Edition. I also played Fallen Empires, and you know th those are the the sets that I played when when I started playing card games. And mostly it was because of the art. I really love the art. But then it transitioned into gameplay. My parents bought me the Fourth Edition Quick Start box set. It's like this garish yellow box. Um, and um, yeah, I've been playing card games ever since. I played competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! I played competitive Magic. I used to play in the old Super Series and Junior Super Series for Magic. Um, I did pretty well. I, I never like won, but I, I've gotten top eight in Super Series before. Um, and then college, I kind of dropped off of card games a bit, focused more on other things. <laughs> That's when I met my uh, <laughs> my my partner. And uh, I how I got back into card games and how I got into um, Flesh and Blood. So I, I was doing stuff about Force of Will for a little bit. I, I made my YouTube channel. My degree is actually in film. So I have, I have a degree in uh, cinema and film from the University of Oregon. And um, I just wanted to use my degree and just do something for fun. And I love card games. And I Force of Will was one that was interesting to me at the time. And um, another Force of Will content creator, they're called the TCG Scrubs. They don't really do anything anymore. But they made a Flesh and Blood video in 2019, like right after Welcome to Wraith came out. And I watched it and I'm like, this looks awesome. This looks right up my alley. Uh, I commented on their video and they, they messaged me and they were like, hey, man, you should reach out to them. They're really cool to content creators. And so I did. And uh, it took them a little while to get back to me because I, I guess I was really busy at the time. And Ian, Ian Kenderdine was the, uh, the um, uh, what, content creator liaison or whatever you want to call it at the time. Um, who since become a, a pretty good friend of mine. And uh, they ended up sending me uh, a box of Alpha Welcome to Wraith, the hero decks, um, some play mats. And um, I was like immediately hooked. Like I loved the game from from the start. So um, that, that's basically how I got into it. Um, right, like a little bit after Welcome to Wraith came out, uh, Arcane Rising was the first set that I really, really dug into. I bought into Arcane Rising um, more than I've ever bought into any other card game, um, which says a lot so yeah that's 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 huge i remember the uh you're talking about the yellow boxes of mtg they changed to a, yeah. a nice green uh shortly after that i always think that that i started early i think my first set was i think my first full set was rav but i played some some kamigawa uh, but brendan oh, yeah, yeah. brendan you were you're a you're a bit of a late adopter comparatively right oh no i saw real early back in the uh back in the old days of um course at 2019 <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yep yep I, I remember all of this stuff, too, because I played Magic throughout almost all of this, um, if not competitively, casually. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Kat, I wanted to ask, like, what, what made you want to get into, into content creation in the first place? Obviously, you said you started as a, a Force of Will channel. But, you know, yeah. other, you know, a bit of a hint maybe about your degree uh, that, you, you know, that you do have. Is that what got you into it? Or was there other reasons that you wanted to get into to making, making content for, for TCGs? Um. So long story short, I basically just wanted to do something with my degree. I love um, film. Uh, specifically, I, I love uh, film history and theory more than actually like production side. But uh, I just wanted to do something with it. And I actually had started a old video game channel where I did like reviews. I used to play the, the, the Souls game. So like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. I have a Dark Souls 3 full platinum guide, like trophy guide. And then I have a Bloodborne full like trophy guide on on the old channel um i love really challenging like and difficult games and 
in that channel, I had made a couple magic videos because I had still bought magic and I bought some old packs. I bought like a pack of the dark. I bought a Ur Urza's saga pack and just some, so I just did some openings and I got some uh, good feedback on that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a, a card game channel. And so I did. Uh, and I was thinking about it and I was like, it's, it was really hard for me to get traction as a video game channel because there's a lot of competition. And I was like, I don't want that same kind of competition going into card games. Uh, and I don't want to be a magic channel then because like that's the that's the competition, right? Like if you're magic and at the time, like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon was like a little bit less at the time. But uh, still, it's like I want to avoid those and pick something else. And I had just discovered Force of Will. So I was like, you know, what? let's make it about this new game um, that uh, that I'm enjoying. And uh, yeah, that that's basically that's how it came to be. How that started. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask as well. The, you've the last twelve months have been pretty pretty big for you. Obviously, massive massive growth yeah. in in what you've been doing from a content side. But also, you've been heavily involved with the flesh and blood scene, especially with the um, competitive scene in North America with the calling calling series. Just tell us a bit about what it's been like for you the last twelve months. With I mean, it's it's been a bit of a journey, right? It's been pretty exciting for you. Yeah, the last year has been pretty nuts, actually. Um, it, it's almost like a, a dream scenario because at the beginning of the year, that that's when I first I, I first came back into content creation in 2020, right? I I'd taken a hi hiatus, I'd come back into content creation in 2020, and I had been slowly just kind of like doing it occasionally because I worked a full time job. I was I worked in like retail management, um, so it was like a video a week or, or so, but. At the, at the beginning of the year, I, I just really kicked it up and um, it it paid off a lot. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a combination of setting myself up to be successful, you know, if the game took off and it did take off at the end of 2020. Um, and also just, I don't know, maybe like doing a variety of content, maybe some content that some other folks weren't doing stuff outside of just box openings. Um, I take a lot of inspiration from other content creators outside of the magic or outside of the, the TCG sphere. Um, there's a bunch of other content creators that I watch that don't talk about card games at all. And I've listened to their journeys and I've, I've got a lot of inspiration from, from that kind of stuff. Um, and I wouldn't say that I'm like, you know, directly copying them, but, you know, just like their philosophies on like community and the type of content they create, um, really resonates with me. And so um yeah <laughs> in your opinion what is the hardest part about being a content creator um the hardest part is just doing it i mean honestly that's easy to say but it really is though like if you're working a full-time job and you want to do content content takes a lot of time especially if you want to make meaningful and like like good content and there's going to be a point where you have to make sacrifices like it's going to be like you have some free time like you're working, you know, your your 40 hour a week job, you have some free time and you're either going to play that new game that you got or you're just going to work on your content. And a lot of the times I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to play that that video game. I'm just going to work on my content because that's what I want to you know, do. I want to be successful in this. And so it was like that for a long time, too. Like I, I went full time at the end of like you know a few months ago. But before that, it was like you know, work, 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 come home, and then also work on the, the channel. So that, that really, that's really the thing. Like, and you just got to get the, the reps in. It's going to be really hard for most people to just start off and be, you know, amazing right out the gates, especially in a niche 
So like we're in like we're in like two two levels of niche, right? We're in we're in TCGs, which is niche enough <clears throat> on YouTube, and then we're in like a niche card game among them. I'm not saying that Flesh and Blood isn't popular. It's, it's you know what the, the fourth most popular now, which is amazing, but it's still like fairly niche uh, as far as YouTube is concerned, right? Super, super so, growing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the point? What is what is what is content creation? Like, what value does it bring to you? Why do you do it? You know, because obviously you said you went full time, so there's a there's yeah. a there's a monetary aspect there, which I doubt is your main motivator because you went through yeah. those. I'm sure yeah. a long period of time where that wasn't uh, that wasn't a thing. So, why do you do it? I just love card games, man. I've been playing card games my whole life. Um, I love talking about card games. A lot of the times, it's I'm, I'm the person who like brings the new card games to everyone, and I'm like, "Yo, check out this card game." And they're like, "Fine, we'll play. We'll play whatever with you." Like, I just love card games. It's literally a passion project um, that ended up working out basically, um, and a lot of that is due to like Channel Fireball and some other like um, sponsors and Patreon and all that kind of stuff just ended up working out. But even if it didn't, I would still be doing it. Just you know, le- less often. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a hard question. Yeah. 2021. We get yeah. 10,000 subscribers. We go full time. We're commentating massively publicized event, you know, flesh and blood competitive events. We're on TV. We're famous. We're signing babies. What's the future of Red Zone Rogue? Oh, man. Uh, the future? I would. This is something I've thought a lot about. Um, and this is another thing that I've looked at other people in the industry some people do coverage full-time like that's their full-time job like uh marshall sutcliffe is one of like the the one thing one names that pop into my mind i I really like what marshall does uh in terms of coverage and commentary but that's a very like rare thing to to be successful in that capacity and to do it full-time um i would love to just be able to continue doing what i'm doing um I would love the the channel to keep growing at the pace that it's growing. And um, honestly, I just want more people to play like these games that I love. So like, you know, at the end of the day, if it, so my, my favorite type of comment, like seriously, my favorite type of comment is someone who says, Hey, you got me into flesh and blood. Thank you. That's, that's, that's my favorite comment because that means that my videos are actually reaching people and like they're taking heat and, and then trying, trying the things out. So I would, I would just like more of that and to get more people into the game. Yeah. All right, Kellen, you, you, you teed me up here. You said your favorite comment. What's your least favorite kind of comment? (laughs) Hmm. Honestly, I don't get a ton of, uh, I don't get a ton of negative comments. Damn. I wonder Um, what that's like. (laughs) The, the only ones, and they're not even that negative, but they're just like, I don't have time for them. Like, some people will write these essays. I just call them essays, man. Like they'll write these giant essays about one little thing that I said in like a 20-minute video. And it wasn't even like the point of the video. It's just a one little thing. And it's like that kind of stuff. And I know if I reply, they're gonna reply with another essay, and it's just gonna be like a, a huge thing. So those are my least favorite ones because I I, I try to reply to all the comments. I, I read all of them. Um and I try to reply to all of them, if not most of them, but uh, the essay comments, especially the ones that are like, I don't want to say negative, but they're like trying to say like, oh, flesh and blood is too expensive or, you know, what, whatever. 
Um, and I try to, you know, have a discussion, but that just ends up wasting like so, so much time. And I, the people who write the essays, the likelihood that um, the goal isn't to change their mind, but the likelihood that they see a different perspective after I talk, like after I write whatever back is very small. So I think it's a overall just waste, waste of time. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the positive outweighs the negative. I mean, that's definitely been my experience is that you, like for us, for Arsenal Pass, we have an amazing community and I know you have the same, right? You have people who are just fantastic supporters and, um, you know, those, those are the, the people whose comments mean the most to you, right? Because they're the ones who are encouraging you and, um, they're the ones, like you say, that you reach the ones that learn the game from you or, you know, drop a comment after they won their first armory or things like that. And, and that's the, that's the really nice stuff to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, being a content creator, it's easy to just at some point, you'll just see tons and tons of like positive comments and you'll see like one negative comment. And it's really easy to let that one negative comment get to you, especially like if you starting early on and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be honest, like when I first started doing content years ago, like it was easy to like let that one comment get to you. But I found, um, just, just, this is another easy, easy thing to say, but hard to do. Just kind of like ignore it, like ignore the one trash you know commenter trash person and try to focus on the good stuff and yeah yeah i like i like that uh the ethos that you have about the the approach to you know reactions and, and comments <laughs> yeah it doesn't have to be like an echo chamber right people can have differing opinions but of course there's a difference yeah. between, there's different difference between that and just being like rude or mean or you know yeah 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 good discussion is is good discussion right and especially like you want i'm sure you're just like us you want your your videos often to to raise discussion especially when it's about important things or things that you think or feel are important for for your community those are the things that you want to discuss um there's other things that <laughs> aren't really discussions <laughs> yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah. yeah Cal, i want to ask so in terms of you know that we just talked about i guess the YouTube side for you and the content creation side, but there's another side that's been really big for you in the past 12 months. And that's, that's the, that's the casting side, right? So you, oh, yeah. you ended up casting all the callings in the end, I think, because, uh, all, uh, all I, I missed bar one. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah I missed but, Cincinnati. but did all the rest, right? So is that something that you're going to continue to do in the future? Is it something that you want to be a part of the casting side of, of flesh and blood? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've already talked to the guys at channel fireball and, um, the next time that coverage comes around, um, I'm, very, very likely going to be doing it. Um, I've had a, a lot of fun doing it too. Um, it's been a, a good challenge for me because I was pretty green going into the first one. I had done a little bit of coverage before, but nothing to that scale. Um, and then just learning from my peers, especially uh, Tannen. Tannen's fantastic. Um, it's just been um, you know, a, a great experience overall. And um, I'm actually really, really looking forward to doing more in 2022 especially for the competitive season man like even though i'm not like a competitive player i'm like just as excited or like if not more excited for the new season because i get to see like all of these places that i might be traveling to and you know all of the, the cool events i have no idea how they're going to handle the pro tour um if we're going to do it in person like coverage in person or if we're going to do like uh telecasting or something so a lot of interesting stuff that could happen in 2022. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Mm, yeah. Dropping some secrets there at the telecasting. Where are we, <laughs> where are we yeah. doing this? Um, so I'm going to break, I'm gonna break the, the 12th wall here. So <laughs> tell us something about casting that, that nobody really knows, right? Something that you've learned from being behind, you know, behind the scenes in the booth. What's something about casting that nobody realizes, nobody knows about? 
One thing that I learned about casting that I actually didn't know going into it is that I don't think this is true for all of them, but this is definitely true for how Channel Fireball does it. And it's something that Tanner was very familiar with as well, even though this was like his first time working with Channel Fireball, I think, um, was that each caster has a role. So there's usually a play-by-play person and then a uh, expert person. And so the expert person is the, that, that's their job to say why the plays are good or the potential outcomes of the plays or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And the play-by-play person's job is just to keep talking, to ask questions that would be relevant and to basically play the role of the audience, but narrate as well. Um, and I kind of didn't realize that, you know, which is, which is good because if you're watching casters who do it well, you won't realize that it just comes off as like two people talking. Um, so that's something that I found like very, very interesting. It was tough for me because they had me swap like between the two roles when I started. So like if, if I was casting with Tannen, Tannen was the play by play and then I was the expert. But if I was casting with um, Steven, Dear Mamata, then he was the expert and I was the, the play by play. Um, so it was tricky swapping between, between the two roles, which is maybe a little bit why my first go around it, like, um, in Vegas was, I don't want to say I felt less confident in it, but, um, it was easier the, the, the other ones that I did basically after I had done that for the first time and experienced that for the first time, because, um, it's not something you can really practice for, right? I mean, you can just talk to yourself, but it's different being live, you know? Is there a designated comedic relief? No, but but I would say uh, Tannen and Flake did a, a pretty good job of that. Uh, Tannen tries. <laughs> yeah, he tries. Well, I Tannen's appreciate... gonna watch this episode. He's gonna be like, "What the hell, dude?" I know. <laughs> I, I appreciate Tannen's uh, boomer boomer humor. It uh it resonates with me as well. Wow. As well. Uh, we made fun of his looks. Called him old. What else can we do? <laughs> Just rattle through that. No, he's about as old as I am. So, well, wait, maybe he's a little bit older. It's close. It's close. Um, yeah. <laughs> what about flesh and blood? So, you know, talked about the content side. Talked about you and the casting side. That's exciting. Obviously, you you're very excited for what 2022 holds. Of it, you know, me and Brendan oh, yeah. are very excited for for the other side of it as well. Uh, hopefully, we find out some more information in the in the next few weeks. It looks like we we probably will. I know James White dropped at the end of the year that mid January. Looks like we're going to get some confirmation of dates and uh, first pro tour and callings, etc. What about the game itself? I want to know what are some of your favorite things about the game of Flesh and Blood. Like, what is it that first of all hooks you, and what's what's the things that keep keep you coming back to play? Because not you don't just make content and and cast. You play this game, and you play this game quite a bit. So, so tell us, like, yeah. what is it that keeps you coming back? Um, so like, what hooked me initially was, I mean, the art and the overall like aesthetics and feel of the game really made me want to you know to be a part of it it was like i, I want to play this i want to try it out and then when i played it i actually played it with my with my partner robin uh she's not uh she likes games right she likes board games she likes uh some video games like you know animal crossing and stuff but she's not really a competitive player especially not a competitive card player um but she actually liked the game um in fact she she beat me in our first game that we ever played i was playing katsu she played dorinthia because she was just like i want to play the cool the cool lady um I'll be honest, I didn't really understand how Katsu worked at the time. And I was like, why do I want to attack with these stupid one one attack things? <laughs> your your sword is hitting for way more. Um, but, uh, you know, after a while, you realize that um, it's either guaranteed damage or you're forcing a you know a card out of your opponent's hand to block something which doesn't feel great blocking a Kadachi. <laughs> um, but uh, it was that that we had fun 
even though we weren't like super knowledgeable about it. Um, and it was a game that, you know, after we played once, I was like, do you want to, you know, play a couple more times? Because like, this is something I usually ask her when I get new games. I'm like, hey, you want to test this game with me so I can play it and, you know, give a proper opinion on it. But a lot of the times we just play like one game and she's like, OK, I'm done um, for Flesh and Blood. We played a couple games, um, which was it was a really good sign. Um, and uh, I just love the gameplay. Like, it, it's very, very unique. I've played so many, so many card games. Uh, Flesh and Blood is a pretty unique system. It reminds me of some other card games, uh, not system wise, but some aspects of it. But um, I really uh, I just really love the way it plays. And I love that you can, you know, latch on to a particular character. So even if you're a casual player, right, you can be like, I love, um, I don't know, Katsu or whatever. And you're like, I only play Katsu no matter what. Katsu is my character or Bravo is my character. And even if he's not good, that that's my character. And I, I love that aspect of the game where you can just latch on to something. Um, and just, you know, be be a fan of that that part of it, which is um, not entirely true for a lot of a lot of card games. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. huge role playing aspect in Flesh and Blood. Probably yeah. one of the best things we have going for us if we're going to um, hope to get mass adoption in the future. Surely, yeah, sure. surely. It also sounds like Ridzone Rogue Cow is, is proclaiming that Katsu's for the casuals. So <laughs> no. you heard it here first, yeah. guys. Not at all. What 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 is your favorite hero then? What about what is your favorite hero or class? I think I have an idea, but you know, tell tell us about it. Why why is it your favorite hero and class? And does it have anything to do with art? Can we guess? So, Wait, can we guess first? You, you can guess. Yeah. There, there's guess. actually two. There's two 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 answers. I would I would accept. I mean, hmm. I, I think I know because I'm looking at your screen. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. So viscerize off the table is one of them, but I'm gonna say Azalea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I do really like Azalea. Azalea, I'm just right. Yeah, so um, I, I like I like Azalea. I play Lexi these days because Lexi is actually decent, um, and it doesn't feel bad. Uh, playing Azalea kind of feels bad. Um, I really like Viserai too. I, I love, especially these days. I love how versatile he is. Uh, you can do like this this mid range stuff. You can go OTK um, in like uh, Blitz. You can play multiple different ways with him as well. Um, I really, I really like Viserai, um, and I, I really like that he does different things in the other Rune Blades as well. Um, so I, I like that quite a bit, and I, I love the flavor behind Ranger. I mean, honestly, for for Ranger, it's a little how do I put it? My my first spoiler card for Flesh and Blood was an Arcane Rising, and it was an Azalea Specialization. Right? It was Knock the Death Whistle. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I had that uh, connection just right off the bat. Like I got to see Azalea before like anyone else got to see Azalea because they showed me the, the art for the character and they, they actually showed me Death Dealer and some arrows. So I understood how Knock the Death Whistle worked. Um, and uh, that immediately like was an immediately like an attraction. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I love the flavor of like, you know, setting up your arrow and firing it off and that kind of stuff. And then since then, LSS has given me, given me a Ranger card in every single <laughs> set time. to spoil, except for Monarch, which there's no Rangers in Monarch. Um, and in Aria, I got to spoil two Ranger cards. So I have not requested them. They did, they've just given me them, except for except for Aria. James actually asked me who my favorite class was, and I said, uh, apologize for my dog barking, by the way. That's okay. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, which one did they give you for Everfest? Everfest? 
Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what to have for every festival. Yeah, what are you trying to do, Brendan? <laughs> I do know. I do know. My spoiler is on Wednesday, so it's on nice. the twenty sixth, I think. Um, and I know they're giving me something else, and I don't know if I can talk about that. You, you I definitely too- can't. <laughs> yeah. This is Brendan. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I got something on Wednesday, and then I got something on Saturday as well. Nice, nice. So, yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be, I mean, honestly, I would not be surprised if they gave me another Ranger card. This one, they didn't ask me. The, so oh, they, a- they usually ask you what you want. Uh, in Aria, J- James asked me, he was like, what's your, how do we get to that? We gotta get to that, man. I gotta be one of those YouTubers. <laughs> speak, speak of this. Uh, that reminds me because you are a YouTuber now you're full time. Yeah. Right? It's a full time YouTuber. There's this, uh, there's this thing going on where, YouTube boxing. So these YouTubers will get together and, uh, you know, box each other. I just got a text from this Tannen Grace guy and he said, Hey, who's that guy calling me old? Can we set something up over here? Um, I mean, I, I am bigger. I'm, I am bigger than Tannen. So yeah, uh, be the same I don't one. know, man. God, dude, Tannen's <laughs> just going to watch this and be dying. <laughs> Tannen, I do have to say for those who don't realize Tan- Tannen is an, an excellent guy. Uh, I consider him a really good friend. So, um, yeah, yeah, we love Tannen for sure. <laughs> That's crazy though. They, they ask you what you want. Um, I actually got a pretty sick, I got a really, really cool one back in Tales of Aria. I got this card, um, invigorate. It's, uh, Ah, yeah, kind of sucked. <laughs> better than you thought it was, though. Better than you thought it was. Yeah, better than I thought it was. God, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was like foresight, right? Whatever that was in Arcane Rising, basically. But, oh, the one uh, that lets you, let you uh, offer or something. If like you play that? from yeah. your arsenal, yeah, yeah. No, no. This this one is uh, this one is like highly pickable in draft, Brendan. This is a very good limited card. So, you know. Yeah, I actually lost to that card in the final, or no, not in the finals, in the um, your camera match. Quarter quarterfinals yeah. of a calling, so they got me. <laughs> it's karma. <laughs> we've we've had we had we've had uh, we've had rune blade cards a lot. We had old time last time. I'm hoping for like we've always had like I feel like Brendan. We've had like fringe majestics. I feel like this time we're gonna get something that's gonna be like really really impactful. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited yep. for it. Definitely that that Kano piece, baby. It's coming. I wanted to I want to ask you about Everfest, Cal. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts yeah. and what you're excited about. But before we sort of dive into that, just following on from, you know, the favorite hero Azalea question, Viserai as being like one of your, you know, favorite heroes, is that is it part of that coming from magic and, and like the Steve Argyle art, or is it just completely like the flavor and the story and, and how much is behind that and the playstyle of Viserai? I just like, yeah, yeah. Ba- basically, um, not coming from the magic thing. I do love that Steve Argyle did the art. I really like Steve, Steve Argyle's stuff. I actually have a, a signed uh, Liliana the Vell Steve Argyle like playmat. Um, but uh, I just like the character of Viserai. I liked how initially for Arcane Rising, it was very, very unique to, to split the arcane damage and the physical damage. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a really cool approach. I loved the, the, the rune chant stacking mechanic. It's still fairly unique mechanic in terms of you know other heroes in flesh and blood um and um yeah he's just he's just pretty cool character yeah he's like he's like this really powerful character like in the lore he's like this really powerful character but he's also like subjugated to the the demonastery and i don't know i I like the the complicated characters like that because like it's the kind of character that some people can be like oh he's a bad guy and some people can be like no he's not which is uh i think which makes for a really really good character yeah Yeah. Everfest, only what a few weeks away now uh, from previews yeah. and then releases the week after that. 
What uh, I got a few questions for you about Everfest. But first of all, like, what are you hoping for from Everfest? Like, what is it that you want Everfest to deliver into the world of flesh and blood, into the world of Wraith for you know the next few months and and constructed for Blitz and class constructed and, and UPF even? Like, what are you what are you looking for? What are you hoping for? I mean, the easy answer, like, just to make it succinct, would be like a Crucible two, where it adds just a ton of stuff for stuff that already exists. Maybe more so than that, though. I would love to see underpowered characters and classes get a lot of love um one of the things i'm really hoping for are like specializations for specific characters if not all of them so like for azalea or for um dash or data doll or kasai or whatever like specializations that are really good that will elevate those characters and make them better but without breaking any other characters i would love to see something like that um i would love things to just to shift a lot just to add more variety into like um both casual and competitive play to just give people more options um some like stuff that personally like i just think would be fun would just be more like multiplayer mechanics because i've been playing more multiplayer formats lately i think that would just be fun in general um and um yeah I, i'm just i'm just really excited for everfest honestly i'm just really i'm really excited for it um i think i really do think it's going to be like this treasure trove kind of like how crucible was of just like cool stuff for a bunch of different characters and i'm i'm really looking forward to it stuff to explore so brendan brendan has this big thing he really wants to see more you know more equipment um that that have yeah. you know utility and, and do things and like similar to what we did in crucible things that could be you know based around setup what do you, do you feel the same do you want to see more of what we did with crucible with you know courage of blade hold and uh bloodshed skillator like those kind of cards yeah i mean i mean more equipment and more heroes in general i think would be fantastic just because it gives you more options for uh, deck building. And I love deck building. That's like one of my favorite p- things about like card games in general. I just love building decks. Um, when I play a new card game, I'll usually build like five or six decks of like that card game just because I love building building decks and testing it out. When I got into the uh, commoner format for Flesh and Blood, I built I literally built like seven decks in like one day. Um, unfortunately for commoner uh, this is a whole other side unfortunately for commoner it, the nature of the format makes certain decks like completely unviable which is kind of a bummer but you know that that's it is what it is but um yeah more more equipment more weapons just more options in general would be fantastic yeah, yeah. five or seven decks that's more than brendan's built in his entire flesh and blood career dude so. i was gonna say i freaking <laughs> hate building decks <laughs> i hate building decks we- we- weapons though brendan talk to us about weapons because you you're pretty big on wanting to see some like you were you were the one calling oh legendary weapon perhaps which you know maybe looks mm. less likely now but what are you what are yeah. you any more thoughts on everfest brendan as we get as we get closer? Ba- yeah it's based off the gold foils you know all i want is a little harry potter scar on the top of my forehead and i just want to freaking throw fireballs at people but we're just missing <laughs> one card um like i mean like we said in uh in the pod like i mean of course credit to jason long the wizard card that has a multiplicative arcane effect if not blocked i think is definitely needed because it doesn't make wizard overpowered if people prepare for it and respect it but gives wizard uh, gives wizard a significant edge in uh metas that people just literally don't pack no rune. i feel like those kind of metas wizards should be dominating right um you know if you're able to kind of forego uh, any any tools to deal with arcane damage i think that should be good for uh good for wizard or kano um by that matter but currently we see some decks just actually still beat still beat them um so that's what i want i mean really for me it's just it's literally just wizard but we all know this by now 
I leave it into the hands of the gods, aka LSS, because anytime I speculate on something, they just do the freaking opposite. <laughs> well, Wizard is James White's favorite class, so someday, someday it will it will have its due. Do you know that there's an alternate wizard that's not Kano? What alternate called wizard? Ja oh, called yeah. James White the Creator. Says this is an actual card. Yeah. <laughs> it says if you can um <clears throat> if you can name all the cards in your deck in perfect order, you win the game. Oh. There's no way I would ever, ever be able to do that. <laughs> is it an instant yeah, you just, or an action? You just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've been told. <laughs> I want to see this. You just, you just fatigue out until there's like two cards in your deck and just name those two. Got them. Uh, you just yeah. make your entire deck crack bubbles. We crack bubbles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What <laughs> at the beginning of the game. <laughs> well, you can see like to your point earlier about, you know, how you played the game and what you attached to in the game with, you know, Brennan's waiting for wizard cards. You're waiting for... Some some Azalea cards or some Ranger cards, potentially some cards that help heroes you like. I want some, some tasty brute cards. Brute uh, cards, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're we're all living in our own little come on, we want this, we want this. Aiden <laughs> just play. likes to roll the dice, you know, just all <laughs> RNG. It's true. I uh, I play against so much brute, because one of the people I play most in Flesh and Blood is, is Ian. I mentioned him before, Ian Kenderdine. Mm. And he loves brute, and I play against so much brute. All the brutes. He plays all of them. Levia, Ko, Reinar, all the brutes, and he'll even do weird meme brute builds where he's using Talishar and just other random. You know, I, I played so much brute, man. There's so many times I've been like, um, what is it? Barraging, barrage. He's he's done like barraging, barraging another intimidate on like turn one. Then I'm just like, all right, I guess I'll just take 13 damage on my first turn. It's cool. Yeah, you want um, to start it to you know three or four life, right? That's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was playing brute, not wizard. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> what um, what do you think is the one thing Flesh and Blood is missing right now in terms of launching it to being the most successful TCG in the industry? Hmm. Obviously, I think it's honestly that's a good question. I was gonna say awareness. It does have a little bit of awareness, maybe just more awareness, because I think if more people knew about it and played it, they, they would they would like it because it's a fantastic game. Like I know it's a fantastic game. You guys know it's a fantastic game. I think if just more people knew about it, and 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 gave it give it a shot, um, there is a, a little bit of a stigma. Some people still think it's too expensive to play, which I disagree with. Um, it's about as expensive as any other competitive game if you want to get in at the competitive level, like you know Magic or, or Yu Gi Oh. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's really what it what it boils down to. Some people are doing doing the good work, like uh, Brian at uh, Tulane Community College. Um, but I think more, more people talking about it, more people, um, just playing it at the local game store and all that kind of stuff would do so much, so much for the game. Yeah. To, mar marketing for TCGs is, is really difficult. It's such a, yeah. if you, it's really hard to, especially for a, do? run some Facebook ads. Yeah. It's, like, it's really tough ah. <laughs> for a company like Alexis as well, who probably aren't a scale size where they can have, you know, internal marketing. So you, Having specialized marketing for a TCG is, is really difficult because it, t it takes knowledge. It takes understanding of the game. It's not like any other consumer product or a lot of other consumer products. It has so much uh, specialization. Like you say, it's a, it's to, at the moment, it's a niche within a niche. Uh, you know, when you look at it, when you zoom out and look at it really. So I, I think I agree with you, Cal. Like it, it, you've got a great game. How many people do you show this game to? Get them to play one or two games. They go, nah, I don't really like that. 
it's so few you get people to play yeah. this game you, you tap the vein and you, you're good to go like it is honestly that is that is what's driven flesh and blood's early success i think and is probably what will drive its continued success but it's uh yeah it's not an easy thing to do it's not an easy thing to get the the marketing right or even to to first of all you know get involved with how you how you create awareness for this game uh, especially when you you have these kind of these growth um spurts and then what next where do you go to next yeah and i think it's important to note that lss is even though they've had success they're still like an indie studio right like all yeah. of the other big games magic pokemon Yu Gi Oh have these massive corporations behind them you know you know um wizards of uh hasbro and the pokemon company and you know it's just it's just little lss you know in new zealand doing doing their thing they don't have like these massive corporations behind them so just more awareness i think yeah yeah definitely agree well last question i want to ask you cal before we we kind of wrap it up is i wanted to this isn't something we ask a a lot of people actually but it's something i do want to ask more about because you know you're based in the u.s uh with showcased a bit of flesh and blood in the u.s this this past year especially the past uh, six months i want to ask about what your local community is like you're in the you know pacific oh, yeah. northwest what what is it like in, in in oregon in portland where you are and, and up further what are these communities like i've heard some really good things about some of the stores up there um is it a growing community is it one that is is starting to, to get pretty big yeah I'm, I'm pretty fortunate actually uh portland is a very it's, it's very big on tabletop games in general uh, so board games, card games, it's just very big on it in general. And um, when Flesh and Blood first came out, there, was, there were already multiple stores in my area that were carrying it. Like, so um, I had actually had early plans to meet James White before Arcane Rising came out because he was going to be touring some of the stores in the area doing like demos. And I had set up like a little, you know, meet and greet kind of thing with him before. This is right before COVID hit, by the way. He had to cancel because of COVID. But um, he was going to go to Gongai Games which is uh, it's a little bit far away from me, but um, maybe like uh, 40 minutes. But there were maybe four or five stores that carried Flesh and Blood then, and even more so now. Um, so it's, it's, it's got a great um, like TCG community just, just in general. Uh, there, there are some stores here that almost only do uh, Flesh and Blood. So there is um, ones that you, people might have heard of. I think Fabled Hobby. Um, is here and then there's also uh fab foundry who opened up his first uh brick and mortar store called discs and dice um and he like i I talked to him not too long ago and i was like hey how's how are the other games doing for you because he he mostly specializes in flesh and blood and i was like is magic doing very well And he's like no it's not like we're we're not selling magic at all He, he was even talking about cutting back their their magic like um you know orders um in in favor of more like flesh and blood and pokemon honestly um but uh but yeah the community is great here um the competitive community is also very good the uh alberto um was uh he he was here he moved to new york but he was here for a good long while um there's a lot of like good competitive players in the area justin salmon is another one who frequently um you know gets gets high up there in the in the the callings um like basically team fab foundry does does pretty well so going to the the locals here for like pre-release the competition's like pretty stiff like i'm pretty proud of myself when i get like second place at the at the pre-release because i have to beat like people who are like quite good quite good so yeah yeah that's that's awesome shout out to alberto uh, i've known well, no one me and alberto have known one of each other for a long time but we actually played at the orlando calling for the first time and met uh and had had a good catch oh, yeah. up and chat which is awesome but we've been in like 
uh, flesh and blood like groups and messenger groups for so long together because of the online leagues back at you know Arcane Rising back at the start of COVID. So it was awesome to to finally meet Alberto and also uh, you know I met Travis uh, at, at the calling oh, as yeah. well, um, Fab Foundry. So that was that was awesome to to meet these people and put put faces to names. Um, my, my experience of going to game stores and and you say like Pacific Northwest is fantastic. I mean when we went to Seattle for instance like on our list of places to go was like, we're going to go to Mox Boarding House. Like that's like, go to the Mox Cafe. Like that is on our, our list of things to do. So it's such a, it's such a cool, it's like a different world for game stores uh, up in your area and, and North. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I think it's a, it's a different experience. It's uh, it is, it's ex- experiential when you go into these stores and it makes you feel welcome. And um, it's not, not something you get all over the place, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with that like a hundred percent. Cause I've lived in other places too, where the, there's basically like no no lgs's like we we have a a wealth a wealth of them here and they're they're great like you mentioned mox boarding house there's there's the one up in washington but they opened up one here in portland like uh not too long ago so there's like one of them down here too so that's fantastic that's pretty yeah yeah. well cal thank you so much for coming on brendan i'm going to throw it to you any any last things to add before we we let um cal plug red zone rogue and tell us about anything that's upcoming for for the channel I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I, we're all on the same page, right? Uh, in terms of 2022, that is we're the it's the year of flesh and blood. We have to like we talk oh, yeah. about flesh and blood's growth, its exposure. It's almost lived its entire existence during COVID. So, not saying yeah. that 2022 isn't going to be COVID, <laughs> but we're going. It's due for a breakout, right? It's due for kind of a mass adoption breakout. We have the 2022 Pro Tour. We have so many things going for us after we've you know after all the groundwork that's been laid. So, I think that. It's going to be a big year, and I'm, we're all very, very excited for it. With that said, let's get some shilling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, basically, you can find me everywhere at Red Zone Rogue. So, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Red Zone Rogue, YouTube.com slash Red Zone Rogue. Got to get that branding. All, all uniform Red Zone Rogue everywhere. Love, love it. Um, I do content for Channel Fireball. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can find me in all those places. Awesome. Well, thanks. Talking- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> it's your shill. You tell him to shut up. Yeah, shut you- up now. I'm not done. Oh, sorry. I mostly talk about Flesh and Blood, but I talk about some other card games too. There's about six games that I'm interested in, but Flesh and Blood's my main game. So if you come onto my channel, you'll mostly see Flesh and Blood, probably like 80%. But, but yeah, thank you, for invi- thank you for inviting me on, by the way. It was a fun chat with you guys. Thank you for, thank yeah, you for-, for, sure. thank you for coming. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for coming. And we're all going to see each other in 2022, which is going to be crazy. Hayden's doing another 20-hour flight. Super excited, right? Probably. Probably. (laughs) Probably. At some point, probably. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on. And I hope you all enjoyed listening. We'll see you in the next video. See you later.